Now a new king arose over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase, and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them for forced labor. They built supply cities, Python and Ramesses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of them who was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him, but if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every boy that is born to the Hebrews you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Vicki. We need to hear this story. Thank God someone told this story. Some context now to get us started. Joseph, the beloved son of Jacob, was sold into slavery by his brothers. And so he finds himself in Egypt and he rises to leadership with the king of Egypt called the Pharaoh. And Joseph's leadership brought vision and food and prosperity to God's people, the Israelites, and also to the Egyptians. But when Joseph dies, a new Pharaoh takes reign who does not know God or Joseph's story. So God's people, the Israelites, continue to grow in number. And Pharaoh starts to get nervous, fearing that they will overtake the land. And so he oppresses them. But even in slavery, the people increase in number. 
And so Pharaoh devises a way to extinguish them. His idea? Kill all the newborn baby boys, thinking that in a generation or two, the life and stories of these people will die off. Enter Shipra and Pua, two women in the work of midwifing. They are the ones who stand between the womb and the world, helping women birth life. We don't know much about them other than their names and their job. Work that is not glamorous. They can be called at any hour. They're not afraid of blood. They see life emerge in all its beauty and vulnerability. Interesting that Pharaoh, the one with the most power, goes to the ones with the least. The demand is spoken. Kill the baby boys and let the girls live. Shipra and Pua's work and call is to bring life, and Pharaoh demands of them instead to bring death. Their response as they walk out of the palace door is not to respond to Pharaoh's orders. They trust God that much, and so they say no. Even when threatened with their own death, Shipra and Pua believe the work of birthing life. They believe in the way that they show up in the world matters. With their own lives on the line, they defy the power that wants to control and squash the creative force of life. Pharaoh hears of their non-compliance and calls them back. How dare you? What has happened? Ah, their answer, so honest and brilliant. They name what they see and that they believe. The Israelite women are so full of life that babies are born before we can get there. God's propensity for life is greater than the will of death. And Pharaoh cowers at their response and goes off to devise another plan. Menial birthing nurses left the leader speechless just by doing what they were meant to do. In the regular lives of these two women, their defiance becomes their call. Babies are saved, and one of those baby boys is Moses, the one who will lead these oppressed Israelite people. And he lives because of these two women, their work and their lives so woven into God's greater story of salvation for the world. You see, Shipra and Pua's work had a profound effect on the future of their people. God was about that. Their seemingly regular actions are about, are a part of God's unfolding story in this life. And their courage and their faith could have been lost in history. But someone decided that their story was worth telling. Maybe Shipra and Pua knew that they needed to tell their community and future generations 
that even their seemingly ordinary work actually impacted someone. It made a difference, and it was not without risk, courage, or faith. They defied the powers of this world. They brought forth life by what they do each day. And then someone wrote this story down, and it was woven into a larger story, one of tangled threads with details of ordinary people encountering God and how God uses all of that to write a story of love and hope for the world. As Pastor Kristen just shared with us, our theme, where we will center this year, is until the story is told. Our Lutheran faith is anchored in the Bible as a living word, the overarching story of God made known through the lives of people. This living word is here because the Spirit of God continues to be the author and giver of life. Someone told a story, and someone told someone else, and eventually it was written down. And we believe this word is alive, moving in the particularities of your life and ours even now, always calling us to hear again God's promise of life, and always calling us as we are to be a part of bringing life. We mess up. We get it wrong. We choose to follow other voices and we lose our way. And then we hear again a story of a human life connected with the divine, held in love, empowered to love, through the ups and downs and the presence of the living comes again, holding us and reminding us that how we live and what we do is also a part of God's story. Until the story is told, we speak it today, because like Shipra and Pua, you too have a story of how you show up in the world, how you bring life. You may be thinking, ah, not me, Pastor Beth. What I do doesn't matter in the big scheme of things, but it does. Just down the hall in our community room next to the kitchen is a gallery of stories that are told with photographs and writing of seemingly insignificant details of the lives within all of us at Mount Olivet. Your invitation today is to peruse to look at the photos taken by Mount Olivet members, to read the stories written by young and old among you, the details of contributions and presence and connections could just get lost in this busyness of life, but today they become the headlines, reminding us all that God chooses to be a life force to teach and to play music, to grow vegetables, to grieve and pull buckthorn, to meet someone new, to work for justice, to feed people and house them, to watch young people lead, to meet and remember someone's name, 
to provide menstruation supplies in our church bathroom for girls and women to support their bodies, to stitch baptismal napkins given to the newest in God's family, just to name a few. We may never know of God's love and the details of another's life until the story is told. There are a lot of commitments in our lives, a lot of things we have to do in so many places that we can show up. And so my question for us today is, where is it for you that you're invited to hear stories and to tell yours? And within the listening and the speaking, for the Spirit of God to use all of that to bring life. That is why we are a church. The Spirit of God gathering people to hear the story, for us to splash water and receive bread and wine, to know again that we too are a collection of how God is present in, with, and among the daily acts that defy death to bring life. You see, God is that interested in what you do. You are not powerless. No role or place is off limits. The one who created heaven and earth, who decided that your veins should flow with life and your lungs with breath, is still among us and calling us back to the living word, to these stories of struggle in life, of justice and joy, to remind us that this life matters. How we show up matters. Your story matters. And it may take a while, so we'll gather next week and we'll do it all again. We need to hear your story. What is your story to tell? Thanks be to God. Amen.